let's do that again. I'm sorry. I can't pronounce my own name. That's okay. <laughs> Other stuff too. Welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we are simplifying the good life. I'm Guthrie Straw. And I'm Aaron Flores, broadcasting from the People's Republic of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. We are the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally, with a global perspective, and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. Covering bicycling, trains, transit, adventures, life hacks, Medicare penalties, taxes, and today... We have Armando. That's right. Hello. And everything under the sun. Welcome back, Armando. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I got this this sort of like, what the hell look? (laughs) (laughs) Medicare, taxes. We're not going to talk about taxes. Oh, okay. I haven't done mine yet. Yeah. Me me neither. Me neither. All right. Well, mine... Okay, we're going to talk about taxes for 15 <laughs> seconds. There was a mix-up with payroll, and they oh, sent no. the wrong tax thing, so I, I, I don't get to do them until they send the new thing, because <gasps> I don't know how much I owe. Oh, no. Because in the U.S., you're supposed to tell the government what you think that they want. Even though they know. End of spiel. <laughs> it, it is a, that is an interesting thing. Like, yeah, you tell them what you think that they you think. owe them, and then they go... Yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> or not. <laughs> or not, right. Or, or then they go like, ah, no, we're sending a whole team of people to scrutinize everything you've paid for if you're in the last seven years. In learning more about taxes, check out Oh My Dollar podcast, also recorded in this very studio. Oh, nice. Courtesy of our Patreon supporter, Lillian Carbeck. Yay! And that's our Hi, sh- start and end of talking about taxes. <laughs> that's it. We won't do it again. Uh, before we hop in with Armando, and Armando, as always, is welcome to chime in from the peanut gallery. What have you been up to this week, Aaron? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna aside here. Okay. You know, what would be really funny is if someone like Armando, including but not limited to Armando, mm. would record themselves listening to our podcast with all of the the witty repartee that they have. And then send that to us. As a uh, as a voicemail. Yes. That would be funny. Uh, Maybe it'd be only funny to me, but I think okay. it would be hilarious. If you put the podcast at 75 times speed, then you could fit it in the three-minute voice box <laughs> limit that we have. <laughs> exactly. I've been doing that this week. I've been uh, listening to some podcasts and not at like, like the... At like 70... What is it? Well, my player only goes up to... Four times speed. Okay, that's uh, and I've got and it. it pitch shifts it. It doesn't. It doesn't pitch correct. It does it. I'm not sure if it does or not. Oh, um, I have like we don't device. have chipmunk voices or anything like that. No, it's okay. so maybe it does pitch shift it. I mean, like audio compression gets a little funny. Uh, like if you yeah. look at how they do sound for slow motion, like it's almost always fully, uh, and they're just like making up sounds because if you took the frequency it was recorded at and stretched those over. The timeline like you just it just doesn't sound like what you would think it sounds like so we make up the sound instead uh but i'm having the opposite occur where like i'm listening to 
like I think it's more of my technical podcast listening. I'm experimenting listening at 3x only because the podcast I was listening to was like, I listen at 3x. And I was like, I've never tried that before. That seems really weird. But but it works. I, was, it, it, I think it mostly works. I was also reading an article recently that talked about like retention ability uh, and speed and your brain retention tension is about as good at like 3x as it is at 1x as long as you're able to like under like is there as long as you're I able find to that discern very surprising i'm not super surprised because like uh one of the things for screen readers and accessibility especially like on the web is those things will go at like 8 9 10 11 12 times and so like if you if you hop on youtube and look at like screen reader uh website uh type content and and they'll just zip through that stuff so you can once oh. you get like acclimated to it, you can you can go super fast. Uh, so if you're having it like read out the website, it'll start the menu and go and go bloop, 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 and zip, and then you kind of find like your spot, and you can you can have it go from there. Um, so the screen reader stuff is like super handy if you um, or you know have a visual impairment or something like that, right. uh, and your 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 comprehension is just fine. Uh, so I think the same applies to podcasts, but for my more like. Uh, or my less technical podcasts, I, I'm still listening at 1x because I think at the end of the day, I'm I'm a 1x listener. It's just more like fun to experiment with, um, <laughs> right? For the sake of, but yeah, do you listen to your podcasts twice as fast? Let us know. Email to the Sprocket Podcast at gmail dot com. I'm more inclined to listen to them at like half speed now. Half speed? Yeah. Just shove it to the man. Yep. Yep. I dig it. Wait, does that I'll take, make up for you? Does that take twice as long then? <laughs> oh yeah. Really? Yeah. And then if we talk at half, half speed, speed, it will be at point two five. Apparently, that's no, what I'm. I'm, I'm what I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm known for um, at my regular job. Whenever oh, okay. I'm actually on the radio operating, people appreciate it in that they get what I'm saying. Eh, but also people are annoyed by it because I tend to disseminate information at a very deliberate pace. You could do so that audio tutorials. It's less likely you're going to miss what I'm about to tell you. What? I missed it. <laughs> I are wasn't they, are they driving at the same time? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It is. Uh, it's over two way. It is. Nice. CB strategy because like it, a lot of times if you're speaking at normal pace like this is something i have trouble with all the time is i'm like i get like super engaged with a conversation but then like that thing happens where you're listening ahead and so you're not like trying to put words into people's mouths necessarily but you're just like oh and then they're like you're you're, you're yes. like jumping ahead of what the words are that are like being said and i think it just means i'm not a great listener some of the times. <laughs> uh, and so like I when I catch myself doing it, it's kind of just like when your attention wanders and you realize you were thinking about like flying hippos in an underside bathtub riding on a spaceship and you're like, oh, wow, my brain is wandering. Well, now I am. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, just that kind of thing where you like bring your attention back to focus. Right. And uh, I, I think if anything, this podcast has helped me with that habit uh, really? a lot. Like, oh, I'll, I'll jump, well, yeah, I'll jump in, you know, because like it's hard to tell. Like it's hard to tell what that nice salient pause is versus the like oh there's like everything is done talking now um sometimes <laughs> i just get excited and like cut it in anyway but I, it's i think it's helped me uh i'd be curious to listen to like old episodes versus like i don't know somewhat more recent episodes and like 
count the number of times that I interrupt our guests or something like that, or you or anyone else. (laughs) Well, it's different because in a conversation, I think some interruption is necessary. Would you agree? Disagree? Yes, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, are we, uh, I guess. Especially on this show. Oh yeah. Yes. It's fast pace. Just got to go, go, go. (laughs) Um, Listen to us at half speed and get the full enjoyment. <laughs> um, yeah, well, we're we're talking a little bit about the sausage factory. At this a little point. bit, a little um, bit. Let's maybe move on. Yes. Yeah, speaking of moving on, womp womp womp. <laughs> nice, what did you do nice this week, segue. Aaron? I moved on from an old apartment of four hundred square feet to a newer apartment of eight hundred square feet. Oh wow, really? Yeah, yeah, we doubled our size. Oh my gosh. You listened to your apartment twice as big. Yes. And the sound is much bigger. Nice. Actually, it is somewhat of a problem right now. Oh? Yes, cuz we have no like rugs or anything. Our our one rug that filled our living room in our old apartment barely fills our bedroom. Uh-huh. This is this is such petty problems to have, but now like our voices echo. Gosh, dang it. Yeah. It's it's it it's an interesting experiment. Experiment. Is it no experience? Is it in that category of like good problems to have? I mean, you know, it's more room, right? So your <laughs> your old place was carpeted though, so that cut out. No, it, it wasn't? wasn't. Oh, no, what? It was our rugs. Oh shoot! Yeah, it's just I totally did not notice that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a nice spot. I I <laughs> dropped by there the other evening uh, to drop by some congrats. Not kombuchas what did i find it probiotic water yeah which i've never had before and i've always sort of just like scoffed at like okay millennials are even ruining water now hey as long as i can put avocado in it (laughs) but it was really good oh good and it what was like no sugar whatsoever right yeah well because um and it's also something we won't talk too much about I, in my brain you were still whole 30 ing it right so i like showed up at the store and was like hmm what's the safest thing to get here because <laughs> i know that there's like the sugar added versus non-added for kombucha right um and yeah that that's kind of what fit the bill so that's what i got you <laughs> and it, it was it was amazing good i'm glad you liked it yeah the new spot's super cool and mr armando actually helped us oh yeah Nice. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I owe you a five patch, actually. I can't believe I didn't remember that when we moved. A what? A number five patch. Oh. How about for now, just a high five? Woo! Nice. That was fun. I hope we caught some of that in the background. Me too. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Who needs a high five with somebody else when you can just high five yourself? (laughs) Oh, I love it. Um... Yeah, this week I did a couple of bikey things that yeah. I figured I'd share with our listeners. Um, the major one was that my father came to town, and I think he is kind of finally realizing that I'm not going to be in Oregon for too much longer, slash I'll, I'll be back, but I won't be back for a little while. Right. And um, usually when he comes to town, we do the, like, what does dad want to do? Because he's in town. And then this trip was pretty nice because we did a what does Guthrie want to do? And oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, if you're coming to town and, and you said, you know, what does Guthrie want to do? We're going to go on a bike ride. And uh, it was, he was pretty funny. And he was like super sweet because uh, 
leading up to this would have like a couple of calls kind of like setting dates for when he's swinging by and stuff like that um but whenever i brought up the bike thing he was like oh you know yeah only if you can i don't know if we can fit my fat ass on that thing like i'm <laughs> i'm getting i'm getting pretty on there and i'm like it's it's an e-bike dad it's okay oh yeah we <laughs> talked about this when you came over oh yeah this yep, was yep. this was so cool yeah it was yeah. super cool so we uh went downtown and rented an e-bike from the spot where i used to work and we ended up taking the bike well i rode the bike over to the east side and um i just kind of met him there so we were, we were starting kind of close to burnside and like 16th um and i had like my adjustment tools and all that stuff but uh got him got him set on it. and it's one of the shimano uh ones that gets up to like right about 20 miles an hour with the steps system and it was super interesting because he went from kind of i think he was i think he was afraid of like or i think not afraid maybe he just associated riding bikes with work like most of his bike riding career and you could just see like the gears turning like five or ten minutes after we started riding and all the of a sudden he was just turning. like oh that was unintentional <laughs> um i was i was just picturing his brain uh yes firing neurons uh the yeah i mean the like you could see just kind of like that that revelation that i think that everybody who rides an e-bike kind of goes through this they're like oh 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 this is kind of fun like just just <laughs> yeah, you know this yeah. it's not work it's like i i pedal and sure i'm 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 moving my legs but i'm not just like grueling around right um right. and especially because oregon recently passed the idaho stop law um i was letting them know about just kind of all the bike regulations um and so we were able to just breeze through town and went and checked out laurelhurst and i just kind of took him uh, basically i took him to a lot of cob benches and uh, different like <laughs> intersection paintings because whenever I ride around Portland, those are the things. That's I like what you to look stop for. At. Right on. Oh and yeah, you, you were on a non e bike, right? I'm a non e bike. Okay. Yeah, but it was like perfect speed for kind of the side streets, uh, especially down around Southeast. Um, then we grabbed some lunch and went down to the Rail Museum, uh, the American Heritage Rail Museum, uh, which is right next to OMSI. And I had never been down there before either. They are super cool. Like if you ever are in Portland and maybe you've gone to OMSI before, but you're just looking for something to do, uh, it's donation based or you can just walk in and spend your time. But we spent like probably an hour talking to one of the folks there uh, just about kind of the, I don't know, the challenges that they face and, and what they're looking to do because they basically take these old steam engines and then they um, bring them back into service. So it's total like hobbyist slash uh, donation based. But what was really interesting about it was like if you look at these old steamers, I think a lot of folks or at least myself was like viewed that as a bit of a bygone era. Mm -hmm. um, but they were saying that there's actually... Uh, some some young blood that is coming into the scene. And so you have these people who might be doing um, their train certifications to be able to be an engineer for BNSF or Union Pacific on like the modern fleet. Uh, there's the CERT training center to, up in Vancouver and they'll actually come down on their weekends and they'll work or um, help out with sort of the old steamers to, to get that out of it as well. Um, same with a lot of engineering schools like kids you know 18 19 20 who are working on all the newfangled machinery um but who are actually like interested in working machines with their hands they have all the old um i'd call it 
what do you call it, analog. We have, they have analog machines <laughs> right, there. Right, right. So you have these well, machinists who are, who miss the precision of the craft. And I think there's a big crossover because a sure. lot of bike building, there's a lot of precision and the craft. Um, so they're kind of getting their fix with that uh, okay. in, in the train space yeah, yeah. as well. Um, so it was pretty sweet to see. It, it's not a huge museum, but you could easily burn a couple hours there um, if you're into trains. And it's at least fun to go stand in front of the big steamer and just kind of like think about, whoa, like this went down tracks. And yeah, <laughs> I mean, they're huge. They're absolutely yeah. monstrous. Um, so, yeah, it was it was fun. We did the train thing. My dad's into trains. Uh, and we had kind of our Amtrak episode with uh, Joe and Maddie uh, a bit earlier. So I figured I'd, I'd mention that. But um, I'll, I'll tie off that experience by uh, saying that when he returned the e-bike, it was super cute because pretty much everybody we talked to from that point onward during his stay, uh, within like five minutes, the topic of the bike ride would come up, and he was like, <laughs> "Nice." He, he was like, "You should, you should ride an e-bike." Like he was instant convert, <laughs> just you know, telling telling anybody who would listen that they should hop on an e-bike and take a ride. So, you know, if my if my you know. 65 plus year old father can hop on it for a weekend yeah uh yeah don't, don't let anything stop you um hop on an e-bike there honestly they're super fun uh so we hope to get more content if you have e-bike stories to share uh we had patrick on a few ago but i'd love to really like blow the lid off of that segment because especially for city biking and for getting around and for your interested but concerned category um i i think that just for where they're at they represent the 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 best bet we have to see an increase in people using bicycle as a mode share in the next five or ten years. That's my story. <laughs> yeah. Wow. E bikes. Oh, yeah. It's the way to go now. Oh yeah. Well, it was cool because these e bikes were like the fleet's like four years old now, four and a half years old. They're finally making them where they don't fall apart every year. Right. <laughs> so like the durability's there, the price is coming down. Um, yeah, they are certainly expensive, but compared to what they were five years ago, um, they're just so much more affordable and, and such a better deal for what you get. Yeah. And in fact, I mean, we, we had talked with Patrick not too long ago about going over to the, the e-bike side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, our guest who ended up canceling tonight was actually going to talk about um, he got an e-bike and he's doing deliveries that way. Mm, and, mm-hmm. um, just reading some of his posts on Instagram um, got me really excited about like the possibilities of just e-bike delivery. Yeah, totally. You're if you're within thirty miles of what you're trying to get to. Yeah, they seem like a really good option. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you tried an e-bike yet, Armando? We had them when the tram was down and OHSU was oh, yeah, able to... Oh, yeah, the jump cycles. Yeah, get the jump cycles for the OHSU employees, and they are so fun and awesome. I mean, riding those really, for me, helped me understand that what the revolution is about, and it really is a revolution. If you, if you were wondering, just like you were talking about, if you were wondering about what it's like riding an e-bike, it's, I mean, yeah, you have to turn your legs... But that that assistance that you get from them would make such a difference. And the one thing I always talk about when people talk about the e-bikes is, yeah, maybe you only go at the max 20 miles an hour, 18 miles an hour. But guess what? When you're driving down Sandy in the morning on a on the commute hours, guess how fast they're going? 
less than 18 miles an 15, hour. 15, <laughs> 18 miles an hour. You can yeah. ride with traffic. I mean, you can yeah, ride yeah. with traffic all the way down Sandy and be just like a vehicle, but better because then you can peel off and, and yep. go the bike way. And uh, that makes such a difference, I think, when you're when you're at speed with traffic and can take the main arterials. That was, I think, something that Patrick actually said too, mm-hmm. right? About uh, there being less disparity between vehicle speed and bike speed, and you don't feel as intimidated on those main streets. Yeah, because he was talking about riding out pretty far east, um, and even like east of 82nd Street, which yeah. for Portland is is it's not out of town, but it's a little bit out of center of town. Yeah, and, I would and he say he was coming on Burnside, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And I yeah. would say at least five years ago, a lot of people would say like that's outer east side. Yeah, it's maybe not as true today as as it was then. Yes, there's there's some room for um, interpretation in that margin. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When I took a bike out from Clever Cycles, I rode up Hawthorne. And then went up and over Tabor and then rode back down Hawthorne. <laughs> it was fine because I was going like 23, 24 miles an hour, uh, which was basically speed of traffic. Uh, you know, you, you feel like a member of society and a citizen that's just, you know, using the road space like anybody right. else. Right. Um, it, it's kind of a nice feeling <laughs> uh, instead of fighting tooth and nail for your for your, for right your to space. Bike. Yeah. 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 Totally. Um. Yeah, well, it was it was a good week, and uh, cool. I'm glad I, that the move was successful. I want to talk a little bit about my rides this week, okay. which have been few-ish, but but uh, good in the sense that I'm back on the bike. Yeah, more. yeah, Woo-hoo. yeah. Um, trying just once a week to bike home from work. Um, it's still by the time I get home, I'm still pretty sore. But um, it doesn't last like, you know, by the next morning I'm I'm fine. Mm. And it never feels like I'm so sore that I can't like hold myself up. I don't know. Have you ever broke a collarbone, Armando? Uh, I separated my shoulder, but I've never broken okay. the bone. So maybe it's a little bit similar. It took you off the bike for a while? Only a little while. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't under any orders to stay off the bike. Let's oh, okay. Way. I don't know if I was any under any specific orders. Well, no, yeah, I was actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, going back, yes, I was. I was not allowed to be on the bike. It's okay. Um, those were those were more tr- troublesome days. <laughs> but no, it's been it's been somewhat encouraging. It's slow, and I gotta kind of keep myself from overdoing it sometimes. Um, I am going to challenge myself this week to bike home at least, if not both ways, um, for the last three days of this week because they're going to be really nice and sunny. Oh, sweet. Yeah, just, you know, Um, you're working back into it. Yeah. Oh, and lastly, Sunday, yesterday, spent the morning over at the Adidas Employees Store where, you know, you get, like, nice stuff for employee price. You know, when they give those passes to various peoples or various companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had my Brompton and I fit three pairs of shoes in their boxes on my Brompton. I was very excited to to post that. Brompton scores. Yes. I saw that post. Yeah. Sweet. I'm very proud of that bicycle. Yeah. It's nice that you're able to like 
yeah, you're getting that atrophy kind of worked out. Whatever yeah. you lost, it's yeah. coming back. Yeah, and, and uh, I, I honestly was thinking, oh, I'll just take the Max home, but I ended up riding all the way home with, with my cargo, even. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. And got some sick deals. <laughs> yes. Nice. <laughs> uh, what have you been up to this week, Armando? We, uh, you know, I, I think we've talked about topics before we started recording, but we bumped into each other uh, outside of this show, if I recall. Oh, yeah. At, at the... Uh... <laughs> the Portland 2030 bike plan yeah. rally. That's what it was. I have to remember you the name it. of it. I had faith. All I, I, knew. Can, all I can think of is Bike Loud because yep. Bike Loud was the organization. The Bike Loud party. Full, yeah, full it, disclosure, yeah, that's yeah. what I've been telling people too is the thing the Bike Loud did. Yeah. <laughs> it, well, it was, and it's, I mean, it's not specifically Bike Loud, but yeah, it was the 2030 uh, birthday party rally, basically. So we're 2030, back in 2010, the plan was made for. All these bikeways, and we're only so halfway there. And Ten years we're, ago, we're one. Oh shoot, I want to say eight percent of yeah. what we should be. That's we I think it's like eight point five or yeah. something. Yeah, of what twenty 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 thirty plan. No, the twenty thirty oh, twenty thirty plan. Yeah, so we're not halfway there. So we're eight percent there. Yeah. yeah, we've got ten years left, but ninety percent left. Pretty much. That's that's a really bad average. <laughs> so, that's like that's like uh, not studying all semester in college and then like you know depending on those last couple weeks to cram everything in it's like and and lo and behold no no i did not i did not get the dean's list this year it's it's the week after you realize oh last week was the last week i could drop Mm. (laughs) (laughs) yes you're committed city of portland ouch those feels that hurts I like that analogy so much better. I'm going to have some nightmares tonight. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. We can no longer drop. You can't drop. You can't take it past fail anymore either. Well, it was it was a pretty good turnout. Um, the rally was at City oh, yeah, Hall. It was a great turnout. Uh, put on by Bike Cloud, um, RJ, and Emily, and what, is it Rob? I'm trying to remember. The, there was one fellow with the Bike Cloud crew who really pulled it all together. Is it Ben? Perhaps. I am probably wrong. I Feel just free met to him. I just met him at on one of the uh, other uh, meetups. So. Okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the Bike Loud core uh, contingent was there. And uh, a lot of folks kind of, it was a bit like, it was, it was actually pretty neat because it wasn't like a, yes, it was a bit discouraging, like from a numbers standpoint, but um, I really appreciated the talk that one of the, initial planners um gave and she was talking about her contribution to the bike plan and forgive me i'm not remembering her first name right now but uh she was just talking about her experience back in the 1980s biking in portland and uh it's really you know easy to kind of fall into the like blinders on category uh i mean we talk about this a lot on the show but especially when you live in portland and you come into town or you've been in town and you have your context and your experience as it is Um, but I think she did a really great job of kind of illustrating like how far Portland has progressed Um, and this is something that I think ties into our talk with Joshua as well you know just you know things might look a little bit dire but if you take that timeline and you you expand it out a little bit uh, things can look a little bit less so, you know, even if there's still obviously things that people are working on and progress that is uh, hoping to be made. Um, th- th- there is light at the end of the tunnel, and a lot of that light comes from 
in the in the birthday plan for the uh 2030 bike plan just the context of it being pretty miserable to cycle around in like the late 80s or the early 90s um and her experience with going down i think she was going down a two-lane street and uh she was talking about um how somebody kind of came up behind her and revved and then um just kind of leaned out the window and honked or shouted something like get off the road and she's just like it's a two-lane street (laughs) you know just like that that total animosity that can sometimes exist um between people that forget that at the end of the day we're all made of human uh so she i think did a really good job of illustrating how far the city has come and in the tongue-in-cheek nature that was uh sharing cupcakes and candles with you know, the 50 to 70 people that showed up, um, the hope that in the next 10 years, we're able to get a little bit more than 8% of our uh, commitment to those bikeways completed. Yeah, Ellen, Ellen Vanderslice. Ellen, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you, Ellen. And then it was really interesting, too, because uh, Sam Adams was there. Yeah, he was. No so way. I didn't, Sam, yeah, I didn't even like, recognize oh, him Sam's at Adams. first. And like... <laughs> He was one of the first, you know, instrumental people that got that bike plan yeah. going. And and that I remember back in that time, 2010, it was like really exciting. It's like, wow, they've got this plan. Portland's got this plan now to be really bikey by 2030. Things are going to blow up. And then they did not. Well, they blew up in the, a way. Yeah, they blew up. <laughs> they blew uh, up the other way. Well, wah, wah. The, the, that that book is not yet fully written. Uh, uh, there you go. You know, the, the first half of the Half of it's uh, been a little bit of hard reading, but you could. I mean, we got we got ten years still. We could cram it all in in ten we years. We can cram it all in. Well, we can certainly um, try. There's, a, I'm I'm jumping ahead a little bit because I know we've we are going to feature this article in our news, but there's a blurb in an article I read that said something to the effect of like, it's possible we just need the political will to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I th- I think. I mean, it's it's maybe a bit of an oversimplification, but I I think when it comes to infrastructure, a lot of that is where things fall apart. Is Portland has a tendency to um, lack the political will for it for various reasons, whether it's like the various commissioners in charge have their hands tied for um, other things or if like all the agencies with their hands in the pie, you know, have their specific wants and or needs that sometimes halts progress. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It can get sticky pretty quickly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. There's uh, who is it I'm thinking of that was the governor of Oregon when we, officially named our parks or our coastline as public access uh it wasn't bob straub it was give me a second i know who this is okay um shoot governor he was i think he was he was he was featured in a couple episodes of kick-ass oregon history okay well, well, we're Some searching of my it up favorite here. Favorite episodes of Kick-Ass Org. There's a fantastic uh, book on that phenomenon as well that I will try to remember so we can put it into the show notes. Uh, but essentially, we had a governor um, who, who you know, out- outwardly, you know, looking outwardly into, would not appear to be somebody who you would say like, oh yeah, they're going to do this like sweeping policy, um, because policy that is like 
I, maybe I don't want to say forward thinking, but but thinking at a larger time scale or timeline, uh, not looking at you know this cycle, but looking at the potential for citizens for decades or um, even you know hundreds of years to come to take that unpopular position in the short term that provides boon to uh, society in the long term, basically making Oregon's coastline uh, public access so that uh, nobody could buy up and own like certain chunks. And, and Oregon has kind of an interesting legacy in that regard, because to my understanding, certain sections were actually used as the public highway during low tide, because that was kind of the only oh, way right. you could yeah. get, uh, you know, from one spot to another. So, so that's been happening for quite a long time. Um, but yeah, it, in relating that to Portland, um, it, it would be interesting to see if there were somebody who was willing to stake their future uh, electability, if you will, on a longer term vision uh, that is ultimately beneficial to Oswald West. <laughs> Oswald West. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oswald. And he has a state park named after exactly. him as well out yes. on the coast. Thank you, Aaron. Um, yeah. You know, when when will Portland have its next Oswald West? Maybe Maybe I'll put that out there. Um, yeah. In, in that respect, anyway. Yes, yes. <laughs> you, <you're a> caveat. <laughs> well, well, we got the Rose Lanes going now, so. Yeah. 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 Just, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Chloe green, Daly was yeah, at the, the, greenway, the rose, forefront of yeah, that. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's there's change. There's things happening. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. It takes it takes somebody willing to um, stake, you know, their, their future career on something that happens in the present that is not popular, but that is... Uh, ultimately something that can be viewed as like yeah that was a good step that was a good call uh just just might take a little while because change is hard and people don't like to change oftentimes uh (laughs) but if you're like okay well here's a new option uh once people acclimate usually they're like oh why why are we doing this this isn't so bad yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) you know my my fears and then the the downfall of the universe did not come to pass um but yes we've I guess pontificated enough on that <laughs> for one episode. Um, the other thing we were going to talk about on the show, so we have that. What, what were some of the stuff we discussed? Well, the... oh yeah, oh okay, <laughs> yes. Well, um, that's okay. Uh, it just did. I'll we bring us into two that. two new topics and coming up and fun. We're just we're just kind of doing the rounds this uh, week. Um, Related. I'm a sub. I'm a substitute. By the way, you're you're doing great. You're you're a favorite <laughs> sub. Don't tell our other subs. <laughs> uh, no, thank you for coming in, Armando. <laughs> uh, I love it. Um, we have the lads 500 coming up in just a little bit. Yes. And one thing that this particular sub knows a lot about that other subs may not. You're the official ambassador of bike fun in Portland. Okay. I I think. Aaron just decided Armando was bike fun well, I think ambassador. It, I think it beca- I think it's because I I take such an interest in bikey things in Portland. I like to find out what's going on, what's happening, what's going on, and you and I do. And, I will say and from so my perspective, me, what's going you on? post a lot from a not necessarily an outsider's perspective, but not necessarily an insider's perspective either. Does that make sense? As a participant, less as a organizer. Yes. Is that fair to say? That's true. Yeah, because I don't yeah. want the responsibility of organizing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, even even like, I was thinking about, you know, thinking about Petapalooza. Petapalooza's coming up. I'm like, all right, 
rides? Do I want to lead rides? I don't want to lead rides. It's too much responsibility. I want to just have fun. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. But no, but you know, if you don't lead a ride, then that thing doesn't happen, right? Not yeah. always. Yeah. yeah. So you gotta you gotta make it happen. I've so, I have um, some. I have a question. I guess is you have done so many pedal palooza rides over the years. Uh, what what's a pedal palooza ride you haven't seen that you would want to go on? Oh. I didn't go on the Patrick ride. That would have been a fun ride to go on. Uh, let me think. I don't know. I have to think about it. The okay. Pat, I don't even know what the Patrick ride is. It's the Patrick ride. I think uh, Patrick, um, shoot, I'm spacing his last name. He now works at uh, Selwood Cycles. Right here, Patrick. You know Patrick. Free sure. Yeah. Uh, no? Uh, he used to work at Community Cycling Center, and I think now he's at Selwood. Oh, no, I know that, yeah, Patrick. Yeah. Yes, right. okay. So he used to do the Patrick ride, and he had to be named Patrick. I mean, you don't have to. So that sounded super fun. That was a fun, sounded like a fun ride. Uh, wow, I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't answer that question right now. That's okay. Because um, I think every every ride I wanted to go on, I think I probably have done. Gotcha. There, there probably are some that I have not done. Okay. Uh, well, so one of the, one of the, actually one of the rides that I wanted to do that have been in, would it be it would be a good Petapalooza ride, except it's sort of a weekend ride, so it would take you away from the other ride. So I don't want to do it during Petapalooza. I would rather do it during like July. Mm-hmm. Is uh, the Enchanted Forest ride where you ride? Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> riding out to Enchanted <laughs> Forest. Right. right. So you is, ride. You but ride is down there the, anywhere to park your bike? No, no, no. But oh yeah. So you ride down to Salem, and then you spend uh, the night, and the next day you get up and get to Enchanted to... Forest when they open. <laughs> mm-hmm. Spend that, all day there. That place is so creepy. Ride back to Salem. And then spend a night, and then come back on Sunday to Portland. So it's like a three day. It's a yeah, thing. okay. And and it's not really taxing, you know. You take your time. You could you could do it in the middle of the week if you do it did it yeah, like you, you know in the summer uh, for for our. But non... I heard I heard that Carrie By did a, that ride one year. Oh, nice! And I think she did it for Petapalooza. And I haven't looked back to see when that was, but that's what I heard. For our non uh, Oregon slash Salem region <laughs> listeners, Enchanted Forest is. Like if you could have a cottage industry theme park, it it's kind of like your home your homegrown theme park to put it that way. The Disneyland it, it, of Oregon. The Disneyland of Oregon. It's fantastical and also like spooky. It's a little spooky. <laughs> it's like no, no it's like I, charming. I think and, you're right. It is the Disneyland. I I was uh, initially <laughs> resistant to that, mm. but if Oregon came together and all their ideas mm-hmm. made a theme park. It, it is. Yes, it would come out like the Enchanted <laughs> Forest. It uh, it is an interesting one. Like growing up for a part in Salem, uh, I know a lot of folks who worked there for summer jobs. Oh yeah, and it's 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 yeah, it's a, a good spot to hang out. Have your summer job. Have your summer job. Hang out or you know, only, operate some rides. I've only ever seen pictures. Okay. You've been there? I've never been. Oh my no, gosh. you got to go. Well, I know what we're we'll doing go. next we'll weekend. Go. Now we're gonna go. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely got to get Aaron there. There used to be another theme park right next door to them, and that that was my favorite because they had a super long water slide. And I'm more of a water person. Oh yeah, than a, than I'm a, a fan like, of water parks. Part Disneyland person. Uh but yeah, that one closed down and became an RV park. So Enchanted Forest, you you won that duel of uh, <laughs> the the duel park duel. <laughs> exactly. No, it's it's a neat spot. Um, there's a really good documentary I saw on it. Uh, that was no. On, they made a documentary on the uh, it was on like a forest, really? Yeah, it was a student film. Uh, oh, I'm okay. trying to think of 
I, I'm sure I have it bookmarked somewhere. I just kind of ran across it when I was uh, film finding for Film by Bike and was like, oh, sweet, Enchanted Forest. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll, I'll see if I can scratch it up. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a neat spot. I, I would go on that ride. That'd be so uh, fun. I've been thinking of rides that, like, ju- just, like, super zany rides. I am starting to try to come up with a list of rides that are in the, like, not great idea category, but, like, could still be done. Um, and I think I've got like three or four so far. One, one of which I might've mentioned on the show before. Um, just like super quick. Um, well, one of them wouldn't be super quick. What I mean to say is one of the rides would be the, uh, streetcar challenge and the streetcar challenge is how many blocks can you ride in the rut of the streetcar track just downtown near Powell inside the tracks. Yeah. The rules are you have to ride in the tracks. Oh Oh, no. Yeah. Oh Yeah. (laughs) Oh, you How? can do it on your your what's your fat bike thing on the Pugsley? Yeah, fat, you can totally do it on the Pugsley. A little cheating, but <laughs> no, it's in the track. You're saying I, you I need to show fit up your the... tire right there. Yeah. In the... Oh yeah. Oh no. no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just no. go get some cheap wheels I, or something like that. I just got my collarbone back. <laughs> well, you put the seat down a lot. <laughs> I didn't. I I, I yeah, just come flying down tenth. I preface <laughs> this by saying it's not a good idea. <laughs> it's just a ride idea that I had. But no, I mean, like, think about how funny it would be to like get a bunch of people together outside of Powell's and just ride the streetcar tracks for as long as we could. You would you would have to do that like at night sometime or like after. would we? Oh god. No, just follow, <laughs> just follow the streetcar. All Except these... right there it stops too much. So yeah, you have yeah, to be a little ready backed for up. All these TriMet alerts going off. So so if you are interested Bicycle, injured bicyclist in the streetcar tracks. If you're interested in and this is the official title, the streetcar challenge uh you are <laughs> welcome to take that ride idea from me because i won't be here for most of Petalpalooza. uh so that that was one of the ride ideas the other ride idea was when i was trying to find my way back um to upper hollywood district i was riding down sandy and then that felt a little sketchy so i took a right turn and i found this wonderful staircase it was the steepest staircase i think i've ever found in portland or at least was that it, i've ever gone up was it in alameda it was, yeah, it was in, in kind of, it like led okay. up to Alameda. And there's a bunch of staircases yeah, around yeah. there. But like, I'm sure this one has been done before, but I would do like the steepest crap staircase ride and just try to find like all the steepest staircases along Alameda or something. You uh, didn't do that ride? Apparently not. You oh, I do, didn't. You didn't do the Alameda stair carry challenge? What? Oh, nice. That's a ride? <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> it was rock ride. It was rock. No way. <laughs> two oh, two years Christ. ago, three years ago. At I need to look three. at the calendar Three more. years ago. Yeah. All right, well. It was, uh, <laughs> yeah, there was the Alameda Staircase. Cross that one out. That the one's next been year done. was the Mount Tabor Staircase. Oh, okay. That one was worse, though. I didn't do the Mount Tabor one. Was oh, it? oh, I hate it. Well, well maybe we should bring clear, it back. To be clear, I didn't do the Alameda Staircase. <laughs> right, right. You worked I it. I carried every. Yeah, I worked it. I carried everyone's drinks, which backfired. And mm. ice. Totally. Water's but, heavy. Yeah, yeah. And then I decided to like throw like 40 pounds of ice in the bag to keep it, everything cold. Nice. And then nice. throw 40 pounds of ice at people as they finished. Right, yes. I love it. Well, big, um, big ups to Brock. I didn't know that ride existed. I did the Mount Tabor stair carry, and the thing that killed me was there's just one really super long stair mm. that I guess people like to run. Yep. Oh, you're talking between like the lower section and the yep. mid? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so there's a bunch of us carrying our bikes and then also trying to like share the space with people who are running up Oof. and down this same stair. I don't know. That just sounds like good, clean, old fun. 
<laughs> you're welcome to take the, oh you won't be around that's why i'm saying you're welcome there. to take that one <laughs> so the other um pedal palooza ride idea i've had is i do a lot of walking around the neighborhood and one thing that i almost always take time to enjoy is the little swing sets that you'll see kind of hoisted on trees around the neighborhoods oh yeah so i really want to do a swing set ride where you just kind of like it's not a it wouldn't be an official um you just like sneak route. onto somebody's backyard and well not start the backyard because having... it's in the public right away oh. They oh, have a lot yeah. it's city like the strip, front right side the city strip yeah yeah exactly i was thinking about the liability of that i hadn't no, no, I'm oh, not, oh. not for you, but oh, for the people the that put the swings up. Gotcha. Yeah, if it oh, was a just trampoline in, in my front. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, like, you can kind of look at the branches and be like, yeah, that's a Guthrie swing, <laughs> or like, no, that's not a Guthrie swing. Uh, yeah, I'd just love to, like, take an afternoon and kind of, like, meander around the neighborhoods and, like, whenever we see a swing set, just everybody take a swing on the swing set. Yeah. Uh, the swing set ride. Um, that's a good one. Those are the three ideas I have right now, but I'm sure I'll have more. I've just been, I ha, I'm priming the pump for Pedal Palooza because yeah. I'm already getting excited. Yeah. And those are the ideas I had. Uh, speaking of priming the pump, if you need to prime your thirst at the pump, you can nice. go to the Beer Mongers on Southeast Division and 12th. That's right. Thanks to the Beer Mongers for the generous support. You know, when my dad was in town having the time of his life riding an e bike, you know where we went to get a nice cold refreshment? Did you go to the beer mongers? We did go to the beer mongers. Yeah, I don't. Why would I not go to the <laughs> beer mongers? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I thank- took my mom to the beer mongers. She doesn't <laughs> drink either. <laughs> I take anybody that will follow me to the beer mongers. Um, so thanks, as always, to the beer mongers, our generous uh, beverage sponsors for the evening. What are you having over there, Aaron? Oh, this is almost done. You have way more willpower than I do. I just wanted to get the, the pop. Yeah, no, no, no. You still have way more <laughs> willpower than I do. At, at some point, I would have been like, nah, screw this. I need, I need to drink this. We'll do it in post. Uh, so I I currently have the Wildland Kombucha, the Blueberry Hibiscus, nice. which I'm very fond of. Mm-hmm. I am drinking the Lionheart <laughs> Ginger Fix Extra Dry Extra Ginger Kombucha. I'm glad I didn't have a mouthful <laughs> at that time. <laughs> I almost lost it. And I am enjoying the Crux IPA. Crux is delicious. I mm-hmm. love their I love their beers. Mm-hmm. So if you too are looking for a spot to go sit and talk to interesting people and look at a stick on a ceiling, check out the beer mongers. And if you're there on a Tuesday, it's cribbage night. That's right. Say hi to the crew for us. Um, yeah, anybody, any other Pedal Palooza uh, ride ideas before we transition to our next topic? I have one fermenting in my brain. Ooh. I recently discovered an alley in my neighborhood. And it's actually a quite nice one. Um, like, uh, all of the, it. it's essentially like a really long driveway where like all the houses that are facing the street, their garages face mm-hmm. this alley mm-hmm. but it's a really nice alley and it's in my neighborhood and it got me thinking what other alleys are in my neighborhood it's time to do a northeast sullivan's gulch alley alley ride, ride. Yeah. ride. Yeah. i know mm-hmm. this there's tons of alley rides like this is really nothing new except i didn't know sullivan's gulch had them yeah so yeah so 
Yeah, have either of you been on the alley ride? I missed it this past year. We had them on the show in years past. I've had okay. the the Alberta alley ride, in the Northeast alley ride, the Northeast. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. It's super. Yeah. Fun. So, uh, curiosity: Do they go by the Star Wars alley? They did the year I was on it. Okay, gotcha. Um, and then there was the oh shoot, Maria Schur's alley cat ride. That also oh, yeah. featured that. Right. What was it called? Oh, the analog alley yeah. cat, mm-hmm. where you weren't allowed to use any kind of um, digital, digital map yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. device, and um, they just like gave you clues to certain checkpoints. And one of the checkpoints was the Star Wars alley. Oh, okay, yeah. sweet. I was like just walking around the neighborhood earlier this week. Yeah, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Because <laughs> I usually take the alleys. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And I was just like, "Whoa, I have never seen that before." It's it's a block oh, really? off my usual path. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's really cool. It's it's evolving too. Yeah. Like there's there's always something new every time I go by there. Um it's funny because it's existed for a long time and I've known it's existed for a long time, but I can never remember exactly where it is every time I go by there. Mm. And I'm like, okay, it's one of these and I just end up like going through various alleys until I find it or just give up. Yeah, I think the reason I had always gone past it is uh, when I'm walking in that neighborhood. And, and for the folks who are being like, what the heck is the Star Wars alley? <laughs> <Right. laughs> um, a local artist um, found a very creative way to encourage people in the backside of the yard slash alley um, to, to, I guess, feel that they are being accounted for. Um, <laughs> it's it's uh, decked out with a bunch of different stormtroopers and uh, Star Wars memorabilia slash... Uh, you know, context. Uh, so when you walk by it, you very much feel like you're walking by a somewhat of a rebel base or something like that in in the back of an alley. Um, there's a really neat mural that I usually walk to that's one block off of that. And typically because of that mural, I go east to west instead of north to south. And so okay. this is the first time I've gone north to south there. But yeah, fun, fun Portland things. The, the stuff you'll find in your backyard. Um, we don't have any more things that i can think of <laughs> on your list to talk about i don't uh, know like should we we're, we're at like 50 minutes um already wait, so oh. petapalooza ideas yes yes i'm i'm creating it still going with it is uh, i think i'm gonna do a scavenger hunt ride for nice. petapalooza awesome that's all month long oh my gosh and so, so like, week from... one there will be clues mm-hmm Week two, there will be clues. Week three, there will be clues. Week four, there will be clues. And then at the end, that will be the ride. And then everybody brings their answers to the clues. Oh, wow. And prizes galore. That'd be super fun. Yeah. I like that. I'm very there, there intrigued are, by this. Yes. There are a lot of pedal plusa rides that repeat, but they repeat, you know, in the sense that they are a one day event or something like that that happens twice that I like the, the yeah. month long context yeah. of that yeah. yeah. kind of, kind of spreads out the fun. Yeah, ready. That way, and that way it would give people like if, you know, people that can't make a lot of rides or all the rides, at least they can do some of it. Yeah. And, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Get ready for anybody who sees you during pedal Palooza to like start prying you for answers. Oh, to yeah. Clues. I don't think about that. <laughs> you're like, you're like hiding, <laughs> hiding clues. I'm making like... it up as I go along. I don't have the rest of the answers yet. <laughs> People are pouring through your Instagram being like, where did Armando stash that? Exactly. <laughs> what was he doing last year? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Check in with Foursquare. Um. <laughs> oh, but yeah. I still need to says, talk to... Uh... It says here I'm, f- 
Uh, no, it's not Foursquare, is it? It's uh, <laughs> Google Places or, oh, or whatever. Armando's the mayor of... Wait, is Foursquare still... Is that Isn't that Foursquare? Is it Foursquare the, the where you're thing? like the mayor is of a certain... It's either Foursquare or Squarespace, but I can it never remember. No, Squarespace, Squarespace is the... Yeah, oh, okay. No, that's the... You pay for stuff, right? No. Square. That's just that's Square. Squarespace, right? I don't know. Something with a cube in it. One of those. <laughs> the Sprocket uh, but, Podcast brought to you by none of these. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I need, I need to talk to Phil to see if we're still doing uh, the Petapalooza kickoff breakfast brunch. Because we did that last year. It was super what, fun. What day is it this so, year? I don't know. I have to look it up. What is the, What is June 1st? I mean, I know it's June 1st, but like, what day of the week? Guthrie, what is June 1st? What day is that? Uh, <laughs> I'm consulting Come my on, calendar. master of calendars. Well, no, I, he's leaving I, right after that. Well, I'm leaving on the 3rd, so I only need to figure out what that day is. <laughs> 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 That's a Wednesday. Uh, I can look it up. Oh, no, I'm leaving on the 2nd. It's a good thing I looked yeah, at my calendar. Right. You told us that, right. <laughs> the, I told you about the India thing where like, I got the, the international yeah. date. Yeah, oh, that. it's on a Monday. June 1st is oh, a wait, Monday. Oh, wait. You've made sure of this, though, right? It really is the second. It I ha, it says ten ten a.m. Or is it the second over there, and it's actually the first for us? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Well, either way, I need to make it there by the sixth. So, uh, hopefully, that will allow for that to occur. <laughs> I was like, I should leave myself a couple days. Yeah, um, we should right. do a, or we don't have to do it this episode necessarily because I think we've got a good body to our our show. But I'd love to. Um, talk and if anybody's interested send us your questions uh talk about traveling internationally with bicycles uh because i will have done it a few times at the point that i'm heading to new zealand so if anybody's curious uh it occurs to me it might be useful to talk about what to consider um yes tuesday flight to honolulu tuesday at 525 flight to auckland sweet Oh, oh yeah, I'm flying into. You don't Auckland. have much of a you don't have much of a uh, layover there, do you? No, I like oh, okay. Man. So I'm totally kicking myself <laughs> in the sense that I would have loved to do um, like a couple day layover. Like the whole, I, I would need to figure out what to do with a bike in a box uh, kind of deal. But store it at my brother's. Well, I'll call the airline. Uh, <laughs> well, because okay. put it together, go ride around. I, I don't do, know. I do need to get it together because I the ne- I always told myself like the next time I'm in Hawaii, I want to go check out all the uh, ukulele manufacturers. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's always been something that I've been interested in because like I play and then you look online and you're like, oh, that's a great YouTube video of like a really sweet ukulele and. Um, I was like, oh, I just need to go there the next time. So I don't know, put my bike together, go check out the volcanoes. I don't know, I'll already, I'll already be in New Zealand for a good amount of time. So maybe I'll catch it on the way back. <laughs> <laughs> right I, I have a friend here in Portland that makes ukuleles. Custom oh, nice. Yeah. Um, what is Fireball, fireball ukulele. I, I feel like... I'll need to check my bookmarks. They have a website. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like I have been... They're right. awesome. They're beautiful. And they're, are they down in Southeast? Uh, he's Yeah, he's, well, he's Montevilla is where he lives. Okay. Sweet. I think I have been to their website. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I just like... I'm, Kenny Kaiser. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm <laughs> not a good ukulele, ukulele player, but I do enjoy like the different sounds and you know yeah. all that. Um, I'm, I'm into the crafts. Uh, yeah, so well, we'll see. I'll, I'll probably just chill in the airport and um, wave hi to your brother through, That's the, fine. through the glass. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but we'll, we'll figure it out on the way back because chances are there will be a layover in Honolulu. Uh, yeah, so, anywho, um, we should move on to... 
I love, I love, I love, I love don't don't ever use that. Okay, Tim. No worries. Can do. <laughs> March 18th is the Oregon Field Guide Viewing Party at Evolution Fitness at 7 p.m. May 9th, the Mohawk Valley Metric Century at Armitage Park, Eugene, Oregon. June 13th is the Hophead 100 in Independence, Oregon. August 15th, the Swift Summit 200-100, version 4 in Lebanon, Oregon. August 16th is the Swift Summit Northwest Hill Climb, location unknown. Ooh. But it's on the 16th. The second Thursday of every month is the Joyful Riders Club in Minneapolis. The first Friday of every month is the SF Bike Party. The second Friday of every month, the Boston Bike Party. Also the second Friday of every month, the Indianapolis Bike Party. Also, also the second Friday of every month, the East Bay Bike Party. The third Friday of every month is the San Jose Bike Party. The last Friday of every month, the Baltimore Bike Party. And the first Saturday of every month right here in Portland is the Civil Unrest Ride. Every second Sunday of every month here in Portland is also... The Corvidae Bike Club Ride. And the last Sunday of every month is the Vintage Mm. Classic Ride in Huntsville, Alabama. And some upcoming Film by Bike tour dates. Columbus, Ohio, March 1st. Idaho Falls, Idaho, March 5th. Ithaca, New York, March 10th. Bend, Oregon, March 19th. Pittsburgh, PA, March 22nd. Bend, Oregon, April 16th. Sacramento, California, May 6th. The 18th annual, right here in Portland, the 18th annual Film by Bike, May 14th through the 17th at the Hollywood Theater, Crested Butte, Colorado, June 25th, and Alvdal, Norway, September 4th. can compare with the thrill of a brand new bike. I like my bike, it's fast. I like my bike, it's fast. I like my bike, it's fast. It circles around the city lights. Pedal just as fast as we can into the morning light. Pedal just as fast as we can into the daylight. Pedal just as fast as we can into the night. In news from OPB, a lawsuit claims Portland illegally lets drivers park too close to intersections. Yes. Um, For most drivers in Portland, the absence of a yellow curb or city parking sign is usually interpreted as it's a good place to park your car. But a new $5.9 million lawsuit claims Portland is knowingly ignoring Oregon law by allowing drivers to park too close to crosswalks and intersections, blocking the view of oncoming pedestrians and traffic. How many times have you approached an intersection, either in a car or in a bike, and realize you cannot see into the cross street without rolling into said cross street. Probably being conservative at least 25% of the time. That's a pretty conservative estimate. <laughs> I'm, I'm hedging on the conservative side, <laughs> just yeah, to be I'm, nice. And I'm wondering how that lawsuit <clears throat> works, because I, I think the actual law is you can't park 50 feet yes. if your vehicle is over six feet tall. Oh. Yes. But I don't believe 
from a crosswalk or a corner, I think there's still regulations for a passenger vehicle under six feet. I'm not sure what it is, and that is sort of the meat and bones of this right, article. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but still, I don't. The six foot thing isn't enforced either. So yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, that's like I. I think I've mentioned it a couple times on the show. Like my afternoon entertainment, like from a, oh yeah, is just hanging out on you, the porch and watching. You live on an intersection very similar hit. to that. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's it's <clears throat> kind of the three way too, and it's right next to a daycare. Uh, yeah. So it's oh. just like I don't know if you want a nice way to get your pulse up in the afternoon. Um, <laughs> just just this chill is your, out. This is your cardio for the afternoon? <laughs> it's it's the you know just like quiet, quiet, quiet. Hey, hey. Quiet, quiet, quiet. Hey, just you know, all afternoon. Wow, it's, it's well, <laughs> and using that intersection from what I've watched from your porch as an example, what I think the unintended uh, consequences of that. I mean, besides the dangerousness of rolling into the intersection in order to see through the intersection, is. <clears throat> I've found a lot of drivers are getting in the habit of rolling through stop signs. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Because what's the point of this stop sign if I have to stop here and, and I can't go see any, feet. yeah, and go another 10 feet in order to see anyway. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh yeah. There's like the, there's definitely the roll. And then if you're lucky and this is also, I'd give it like, I don't know. I just feel like some form of, like not that effective activism would be standing and giving like a rating to everybody as they stop <laughs> at the stop sign of like 10.0 you actually stopped and like 1.0 you oh oh no they're gone uh just uh yeah it's it's such a small amount um so yeah I, I wouldn't even say it's getting into the habit i would say it is the habit yeah it's the yeah. norm yeah um, it's the norm defensive cycling never a better time to practice that I guess within within Portland streets in particular, like, sure. It's yeah. Fortunately, we can still stop faster than most vehicles. <laughs> um, yeah. So keep an eye out and uh, be safe out there. I will be interested to see uh, how far this lawsuit makes it. From a city lab, we have maps. What's in a map? Uh, and this is a little bit of California focused, but thought it might be interesting for the show. Uh, especially with our conversation about maps with our friends from PCC a couple episodes ago. At the Oakland Museum of California, a new exhibit finds what's left off can be just as important. You are here. California Stories on a Map curates a small but powerful selection of works by artists, activists, and cartographers to show the range of perspective that maps can reveal with a focus on the East Bay. For example, a tactile map made from pipe cleaner, cotton balls, and braille text by the blind technology specialist Amy Mason brings downtown Oakland to life through the touch of a finger. Kenji Liu, a poet and designer, re-envisioned the Bay Area's urban rail system with its stops named for social justice heroes, entitling the map Decolonized Area Rapid Transit, and a map of where former San Francisco tenants landed after being evicted shows the long reach of urban displacement throughout the Golden State. Um, So this exhibit will be going on i think for about a quarter uh but uh for any of our listeners down in that area um if you get a chance to check it out let us know how the experience yeah, was it's a cool I, exhibit i know that i would be there if yeah. i was a little bit with more than striking distance um and this is interesting too that this came up this week um the book that i'm working my way through right now um 
touches uh, quite a bit on the effect that um, I guess you'd say that the the term the author uses is de jure segregation or segregations by um, somewhat subverted means yet segregated um, and biased all the same. Uh, So it's called The Color of Law, and um, I will update when we're done reading it. But one interesting thing about the Bay Area Rapid Transit is when that was designed, um, there were, I think it was either like one person or like no African-American um, workers were allowed to be or work on part of that project uh, because really? of how the bidding process and the unions worked and who was allowed to be what Whoa. and who. Um, so before I totally misquote myself, I will redact what I previously said with the caveat that I don't have the stat directly in front okay. of me. Yeah, but uh, it, it was pretty shocking. Uh, and if you look at um, the Ford plant that was down in San Francisco, the Kaiser Shipyards, all of that stuff is just kind of tying into the Bay Area here. Um, yeah, de, de jure segregation um, had an extreme impact on what um, those communities looked like. You know, as far back as the 1930s and 40s, and that impact, uh, surprise, surprise, is still oh, a driving yeah. force um, in how they look today. So. Yeah, I'm about three quarters of the way through the book, but it's been um, a very, very fascinating read um, and and some some very exceedingly well-researched knowledge um, in that regard. So I look forward to uh, sh- sharing that when completed. Reminds me, um, there was a map app that I had a long time ago. It was called Native Land Maps. And it uh, you could just punch in a place in the Americas. Um, Like I could punch in like my old address or my current address. And it would tell you like what people group was living in that area. Like what was the native population there? Mm. It's very interesting. Do you, what was the name of it? Native land. Native land. Yeah. Okay. I still actually have like the icon for the app on there even though like it's been offloaded because i haven't used it in so long okay i don't even know if i could reload it back on if it still exists it's been a while gotcha yeah it's interesting like i think maps uh just in general like you do a lot of biking you tend to look at a lot of maps but like (laughs) they're such a it's kind of like spreadsheets right like when you when you learn in school and they're like look at how the spreadsheet is oriented like you can take the same information and you can show it like six different ways oh yeah, yeah. and you can show you it you can organize it by this or you could organize it by that well or you, you can could... and you can organize it not only by but also with intent to what you're looking to either hide or to highlight mm-hmm. um you know like with the intent be- behind the author and that kind of jazz uh you know maps from not only like a cartographic uh like complexity, but also from a like human complexity are just very interesting things. Uh, so whenever there's like some map related stuff, I'm, I'm, I'm often paying close attention. Um, yeah. So check it out. Sounds like a neat exhibit. And um, if you are not in California or the Bay area, but you want to see some other neat maps, uh, book recommendation would be uh, Portland. The there's the, was it the Portland book, the Portland Atlas book? Uh, I'm going to have to look up the name of it. But basically, it's like 250 pages of different ways of looking at Portland via maps really? uh, oh. that, that folks have have created. Um, I'm going to let you read this <gasps> oh, while boy. I look up the name of that book. I get to read book. this one. Okay. You do. 
I mean, only if you want. <laughs> no, I, I'm not being sarcastic. Oh, okay. I'm actually really excited that I get to read this one. Um, this one is titled, Chris Smith is running for Metro because Chris Smith, our good friend and supporter, is running for Metro. And he says, greetings, friends and colleagues. This is Chris Smith, your favorite local transportation and housing advocate. I'm writing you today with some exciting news. I am running for Metro Council. Metro's a unique agency, and I believe that my history of advocacy for both housing affordability and climate justice makes me uniquely qualified to be the next counselor for Metro's 5th district. That's North, Northwest, Northeast Portland, as well as Cedar Mill in Washington County. Metro needs strong leadership, championing, championing, unapologetic action on climate commensurate with urgency and scale of the crisis throughout my exhaustive career as community activist i have a long record of successful victories for reducing our footprint by defeating proposals for fossil fuel infrastructure championing investments in walkable and transit connected communities and fighting freeway proposals. I put together a short list of my accomplishments on my campaign website. I wrote a length on my reflections of decades of community engagement on these issues. <clears throat> Excuse me. In an article published this month in Bike Portland, I encourage you to read it and to understand why I think my track record leaves me the best qualified to stick up for climate and transportation justice in this role as Metro Councilor. I'm in a crowded primary election against some well-funded opponents. I'm going to need your help to make it through the May primary to the general election. Here's three ways you can help my campaign. Kick off March 5th, North Portland at the Lucky Lab at 6 p.m. That's right. (laughs) Okay. And the other two ways um, I accidentally omitted from the the mail. Um, Yeah, go check out his website um, or better yet. Maybe do that if you'd like, or listen to an episode with Chris. Um, he's been on a few times now, and I think you could definitely get a good sense of where he's coming from. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I will say every time he is on, I have a small panic attack because oh, no. he's. I see him as somebody who's uh, just got this sort of genius level understanding of infrastructure, like as far as like the minutiae. I mean, last time he was on, we were talking about like how far a um a bike parking structure can be from a building or mm-hmm. you know what where its place is allowed in in a public right of way and we're talking like inches and he's just rattling these things off like like from memory anyways i say this so i have these like sort of tiny panic attacks of like oh my gosh how can i hang with this guy how can i how can I be able to like have a have a in in for informational or productive conversation with him? But he also like brings it really down to earth as well. I would vote for him for anything he runs for. That's just me. But Chris Smith, you've got my vote. Yeah. Chris Smith, um I I, I enjoy talking with him. Uh it you know, there's there's those folks that are like way, way into it. Um, and it's really nice that they are because a lot of times they can take things that like you or I might take not for granted, uh, take for granted or just, you know, like have a hard time fully wrapping around okay, and still yeah. present that like, 
well-balanced picture. Uh, you know, you get your your inch view and then you get your 10,000 foot view. Um, and, and Chris is one of those folks who can explain pretty much any level of detail in between. Yes. So, yeah, um, super excited for your journey, Chris. And um, I think we're having Chris on the show in a couple of weeks. Two weeks, three weeks. I see fingers going up. Yeah, so we'll Two get a chance to, to check yeah. in with Chris. Um, always good to catch up with him. And in particular, uh, you know, when he's got an announcement such as this. So we'll get to um, quiz him a bit more. And if you have questions for Chris, feel free to email us and or, uh, yeah, send along your thoughts. We got mail. Hey, we got mail. From Susan Brewster. Oh, and before... I start. Sorry, Susan. Uh, the book I was thinking of is Portlandness, a cultural atlas of Portland. Um, and the publisher synopsis is the new cartography is about much more than just land. In 150 infographic maps of Portland, Oregon, two leading geographers explore unexpected topics like city chickens, wild coyote encounters, food truck trends, and coffee culture. Um, yeah, so it's just a lot of like really neatly uh, reasoned about maps and I think a lot of them were in conjunction with a cartography class that occurred at Portland State University uh, for some of the work they were doing. My favorite map in the whole book is the map of um, the track through downtown Portland that has the least amount of security camera coverage. Um, wow. I've always been into like the heist stuff so like yeah, that, was, yeah, yeah. that was very appealing. I mean not me <laughs> heisting but like uh, it, it just I find that aspect interesting Guthrie Straw you son of a bitch I'm in no no wait <laughs> I wonder what that's based on because I remember back in the late 90s there was uh, uh, I don't I can't remember if it was a website or not but they totally plotted out all the cameras that were in downtown Portland oh really yeah do you know if it's still up I don't I, I don't think so okay but uh, yeah I think they just kind of like because there'd be so the... many more now but oh you know, yeah back I would then, it was just like they had them all plotted out. And I was like, oh, really interesting. Woohoo. Yeah. And it's tricky, too, because with the explosion of home cameras, um, I'm sure that path would be a lot harder to trace now. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. But yeah, I guess if you like stand at the corner and like observe for 10 minutes, grab every camera you can like identify and then move on to the next corner. Um, I don't know. Maps are fun. They're such a, they're just <laughs> such a neat way to, to put information out there into the world. Um <laughs> can't say enough good things about maps 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 uh, susan <laughs> thank you so much for your patience uh susan brewster writes aaron i just wanted to follow up with my recent email recommending bone healing bicycling ideas i took the liberty of looking up portland's bike share program i hear you've tried your brompton and it appears from their pictures on the website that their bike share bikes are very similar to the one i used to initiate my broken arm back into a bike low center of gravity swept back handlebars low adjustment seat couldn't crash if you tried, etc. I do wish you luck, as I know how miserable this process can be. Um, and the Nike bikes, or the Bike Town bikes in particular, um, they have a little coil on. I guess your bike has that too. Uh, they have a coil that connects between the front wheel and fork, and then the frame. So they are self-correcting, like they the oh. coil. I'm, my, what my I mean to say is a spring has that. Yeah, yes. it's like a self-correcting spring, basically. Yeah. So you let you let your hands off the bike, and it's like oh, I want to go in a forward only direction. Yeah. So um, I don't know if it, a wheel stabilizer is maybe what it's called. It stabilizes the wheel, so why not? I'm calling it that. Oh yeah. Um, Let's roll. I originally put it on there because of my handlebar bag being 
giving it a higher center of gravity. And then just anytime I put the bags, the other two panniers on either side of that front wheel, you know, it, the wheel flop is a little bit more. Yeah. And so that's why I originally put that on there. But yeah, um, I have not ridden that Surly yet. I have not ridden any other bike other than my Brompton so far. Um, and that is because it, it is it is my most upright bike. Uh, and in fact, I even have the saddle slightly lower than I normally have it so that I am a little bit more upright, not as much weight as being supported by my arms. Mm. Um, I do like the idea of the Bike Town bikes. I Honestly, if I hadn't already gotten used to riding the Brompton, I probably would have swung or sprung for uh, a Bike Town membership just so I could do that. However, it's northernmost border does not get me to work but as a day-to-day bike that would have been a good idea if i hadn't already decided i'm just gonna ride my brompton (laughs) yeah you you've you've got options yeah yeah thank you so much for writing in susan yes thank you for writing in and thank you for uh the suggestions Mm -hmm. and your continued support it's always good to hear from you um next from jay leko hello brock aaron and guthrie who's brock I don't know, some dude. Some fellow. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> Thank you for all your time and effort editing every episode, Brock. Mm-hmm. So now we don't have to. Thank <laughs> you so much. Uh, question one, Aaron, heard you mentioned sitting on your bike during last week's episode and also mentioned your Brompton. This leads me to the question. Did you and or Anna install the Brompton saddle height insert? No, we did not. If not, do you have any tips and or tricks to position your saddle to its proper height with regularity? I tried marking the seat post with a Sharpie and found it quickly wore off. While I find the saddle height insert convenient, it's useless on Mira's bike. She's at a altitudinally challenge. Oh yeah, I suffer from that too. So the seat post doesn't even make contact with the insert when it's extended to riding position. Yeah, that's partially why we didn't go with the, the uh, seat post insert. What's the insert do? So it's um, it adds, it effectively adds uh, more length to your seat post okay. for your Brompton. Um, for taller riders, it's suggested. Um, it also adds a certain convenience factor with, when traveling with your Brompton, where you can just sort of pop the whole saddle and seat post out a lot easier and hide that so that way um when people hassle you like say you cannot bring this bike on this plane it looks a little bit less like a bike and they'll just kind of like go like oh okay it must be something else oh okay they don't necessarily bother you gotcha Um, that's mostly anecdotal but uh yeah i Decided against the, that insert, one, because it was an extra cost that was unnecessary, and two, because I am not tall in any definition of the word, and so it would be redundant for me to have it. Mm-hmm. Um, here is a almost foolproof way to uh, get your seat to the right height uh, with maybe just a little bit of fine-tuning every now and then. And I learned this uh, from the good people at Clever Cycle. Um, and this is what Anna and I do just about every time. 
And when you go to pull your saddle up um, on your Brompton, uh, pull it up while it, it's still in what they call like kickstand mode or, or folded um, and have your middle finger uh, on the center of your cranks. So like your middle finger is touching that center bolt on your cranks, on your crank arm. And then you pull the saddle up to where it meets your armpit. And that will get you pretty much the right height with a little bit of fine-tuning here and there. But after a while, you just get a feel for it. But using that armpit um, trick works really well. Nice. Another uh, trick I use for saddle seat height, if if that doesn't end up working, or perhaps in combination, uh, is to get a Dremel or some very, um, very low grit sandpaper i guess high grit sandpaper so you want something that's like a thousand grit uh and you can kind of sand around so you're not sanding down your seat post but sure. you're giving it a roughness right at that cutoff mark uh so, oh, that you so have you'll a, have a tactile sensation correct. and there. you'll see you know that part sanded and that part's not and that's right where, ah, you, right right where you know where to put it um uh, I, I said dremel i meant to say an engraver um just put a little line right around right, it right right uh, and shouldn't you know don't eat into the seat post but <laughs> give it give it enough of a mark that you can see it uh is also a way i've found to yeah. accomplish the same <laughs> yes well, yeah laser Lasers. etching you know just take your home laser and mm-hmm. there's some pretty good laser channels on youtube <laughs> i don't know <laughs> Uh, question B, Guthrie, you mentioned you're heading to New Zealand with your bike, but I'm confused. It's my understanding the New Zealand folks aren't all that amenable to bicycles based on Russ's from Pathless Pedals account. However, their Kiwi Chronicles also showed what appeared to be significant ridership. Considering the outdoor-friendly slash extreme sport image they've cultivated... I'd be surprised if they weren't more accepting to your bicycles. What's up with the dichotomy? Dichotomy. Man, I'm doing shit for pronunciations today. Ah, uh, you're killing it. <laughs> you're <doing laughs> Thank great. you for your consideration, Jay Leko. Yeah, um, good question. I think New Zealand actually was put on my map first thing when uh, Russ and Laura's story went a little bit international, as I recall. Uh, I think it was actually when they were biking through Auckland uh, that like a driver had a confrontation or a disagreement with the fact that they were on bicycles and got out and either punched or like attempted to punch Russ. Um, yeah, I think he punched really? him. Yeah, he did wow. punch him. <laughs> so they got in like all these all these local news articles that kind of just blew up from there. Uh, <laughs> and that was actually how I discovered their blog back in the day <laughs> was, was through that article. No press is bad press. Yeah, man. right? <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm not sure how much has changed, you know, in between then and now. It's been a good eight or so years. Um, but at the same time, like I think I am the kind of person that... Uh, you know, they're like, I don't consider those things when I choose places to go. Um, and it might not be the best idea in the world, but like just a l- for a little bit of context, uh, Jay, when I was cycling from San Diego to Tucson, Arizona, I looked on a map and I looked at all the side roads and then I was like, oh, hey, there's this nice interstate right there. Uh, we could just take that. 
So yeah, I, I am the kind of guy who will ride an interstate for three days <laughs> through the desert in Arizona um, because it is simply a way to get from point A to point B. I think that's kind of in the minority of most cyclists. Uh, but as a listener from New Zealand, um, and I do apologize, I've forgotten exactly who uh, I think mentioned uh, maybe 10 or 11 episodes ago. Uh, there's a lot of side roads. And so if you're not in a hurry. Was it Shadowfoot? It might have been Shadowfoot. Yeah, and I think Brian um, also wrote okay. in some mail for this week. Uh, they were saying essentially that, you know, hey, uh, the cool thing about being on a bike is you don't have to take the throughway. Uh, so my plan, especially because this is a trip for the sake of being on a trip, at least for the first few months, um, is to take the slow road, to take the off roads, to take the roads that most of people, even, you know, you're talking a reduced population in comparison to a lot of places in the first place uh to take the the roads less traveled uh that that is my mitigation plan for uh cycling around is just to try not to be in too much of a hurry from a to b this to go around so uh whether or not that will work um is up to be seen like if i end up getting punched uh you know heck it's a lot better (laughs) than getting run over Uh, I guess there's that. (laughs) And, you know, maybe we'll borrow a little bit from uh, Annalisa and Eric and I'll bring a pool noodle or something like that. Or a Tim Mooney and lightsaber. lightsaber. (laughs) Yeah, so I I, I don't know. That's just like, uh, that's something that I think about like ever so briefly. But um, at the end of the day, I think I choose where I want to go mainly because i'm just like oh that'd be a fun place to go and like the the minutiae of like oh like it's terrible cycling culture like if i'm that person that in whatever extremely small way is visible on the road and makes one or two people think in the course of their average day oh hey i've never thought about biking there before look there's somebody riding a bike right i'm okay being that person well i imagine also like your experience might also be informed or your perspective might also be informed by your per- experience um, in India, where I could imagine people like, well, it's not very bike friendly over there. But, oh, it's super bike friendly. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. And and so I don't know. I I think to some extent it's a matter of perspective, no matter mm. what. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly, until I read Jay's letter, I always thought New Zealand was very bikey because I know a lot of bikey people who are like, that's their sort of um, bucket list bike touring destination. Oh, okay. Where they want a bike tour or have bike toured through and just love it. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah, It's it seems like a neat spot. I'm gonna. I also I, hang out with a lot of like Lord of the Rings fans, so yep. that's you know maybe <laughs> maybe the the Venn diagram crosses over. Oh, it, a I'm bit. sure it does. Okay, so here's here's my Lord of the Rings story. Like, I, I think when you tell a lot of people, like, oh, I'm gonna go bike in New Zealand. Like, why do you want to go? And you're just like, you, I, Lord of the Rings is not always like maybe the greatest <laughs> reason, but also like Lord of the Rings. I don't know. Uh, why not? Exactly. Well, so when Lord of the Rings came out, I saw it 28 times on big screen before they stopped <laughs> playing it in theaters. Like that film of any film I've oh seen in my, my life just completely blew my mind. Yeah. 
And part of it was because I wasn't watching TV. Like we didn't have a TV when okay. Lord of the Rings came out. And so my experience was like with the books earlier in life, um, having having read the series. But then a friend was like, oh, hey, you want to go see Lord of the Rings? And like I hadn't gotten any of the media coverage, none of the ads, none oh, of the trailers. I caught like the early rumors before it was even like. I, and, I literally. And they were like first announced Peter Jackson was oh, doing oh, it. Oh, I thought and you were I was like, about the animated one. No, no, no. Oh, I did watch I like, those as a kid. Like The Hobbit? Yeah, I watched those. I really liked those. Rankin, Rankin base. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I have I have a copy of them at home. They're they're super fun to go through every. I go through it like every year. Um, yeah, like I just I just had my total. I just had my cap blown off and was like, right oh on. my god, this is the best thing that I've yeah. ever seen in my life. So like I, <laughs> I watched the heck out of it. It certainly pioneered like that genre into film. Mm-hmm. Um, I think before then, a lot of fantasy into film came across as pretty hokey yeah and this they took it pretty seriously elevated the genre yeah there's there's some notables um like i i definitely go on like fantasy film kicks every now and then i i rewatch lord of the rings extended at least once a year um sometimes more depending on if somebody else wants to watch with me uh so you know i'm i'm heading to new zealand to enjoy a bike tour but like 80% 80% of it is because I love Lord of the Rings. I just want to go like, <laughs> I just want to be riding and taking a back road and spend enough time there that I like come around a bend and I see something that looks familiar and I say, oh, and it's a hobbit. Wait. Oh my God. Like that's where they film this or that, you know, just like, I just yeah. want to discover it. Um, and so I'm not going in with like, oh, I'm going to go visit Hobbit, Hobbiton or, or whatnot. Like, I just kind of want to like put myself out there and bike around enough that, that maybe I get a glimpse of, of some of that majesty. Right on. Yeah. I, I don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah. I, I feel uh, I, like sometimes I feel a little like just a tiny bit embarrassed or like shy about it, but I, I really shouldn't. No. <laughs> I've got my reasons, damn it. <laughs> let, let your inner nerd live. Yeah, totally. Well, most, I most of the time do. <laughs> just ask these two guys <laughs> um, uh, yeah go ahead from uh devin i think in this this was sent via brock but i think it was via glenn uh devin on twitter asks what are some of the world's most pleasant long bike rides where in the world can i do an all-day bike ride through the mountains around a lake or along a river with a protected bike lane or better yet a paved trail that has no cars oregon yeah. <laughs> you got your good old Oregon Scenic Bikeways. Well, that wouldn't be well, most of a market the Sprocket though. podcast yeah. not brought to you by Oregon Oregon Scenic Bikeways. No, <laughs> the, you're right. The crater a lot Lake, of it car-free days. Yeah. That'd be a really good. There's one. a number of car-free days. That's so great. By the way, I'm doing that again next year Well, and I'm uh, actually going to take work off to do that because going after work was a bear yeah yeah well and then we had like a flat tire for two hours yeah there was that getting into camp at 2 a.m is always fun uh um crater lake in general like we did long long time ago uh we did from portland to crater lake and i still want to do this again sometime uh, in the next couple years but i thought that was a great bike ride it was also like my very first multi-day tour Mm, Um, mm -hmm. so it's sort of like riding the the longest highest scariest roller coaster first so that all the other roller coasters at the at the theme park don't don't uh impact you as as harshly um what could have gone wrong kind of did go wrong we had flats we had the flu we had a mountain that we couldn't bike up we had to push all of our stuff 
up and I still wouldn't trade that experience for the world. Mm. Um, do it again in a heartbeat. Same path and everything. Oh yeah, yeah. totally. Well, keep us tuned. <laughs> um, there, I I think Tim Mooney is probably just has gone hoarse yelling at the uh, speakers by now. CNO, the CNO, the CNO. Uh, yeah, it's also good, another good, good one. Point. I have no experience for East Coast biking. Yeah, well, I've I've heard it's a good one. Uh, and there's lots of good podcasts at pedalshift.net. Pedalshift dot. I believe it's pedalshift dot net. Okay, sweet. <laughs> Quick, check all the phones. <laughs> Pedalshift. Um, yeah, there's some other stuff. I've been looking at um, some bike ways up in Japan that are kind of on the uh, western side of the islands. Um, but I don't know if they are... I don't think they are biking only. Um, Japan does have some network that is biking exclusive, but I, I don't know how long it is. Um, and also by mass japan is the 75th uh nation in terms of lakes and water bodies whereas the u.s i think is second or third so um not i'm sure you could get the mountains because most of japan's decently mountainous i don't know if you could get the lakes and the mountains maybe maybe you'd you'd have to sacrifice some some car traffic um but i'll 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 write back and, and let you know uh, also, anyone who wants to write in with their suggestions, yes, please, please do. We are by no means omniscient. Uh, do you have any spots, Armando? I don't know. Just What's your the, favorite the, long the, bike ride? Well, just the Rails of Trails things. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's that one. The one I haven't done that I want to do is in Washington that uh, goes through that tunnel. The John Day? Uh, yeah. John, John Wayne? John, John Day? What is it? John Day. I think we should call it the John Wayne. I think it's the Wayne. I think it is Wayne something. I don't know. Anyway, there's like a two mile tunnel or three mile tunnel that you go through. Do you, when you go into the tunnel, do you say, well, hey there, little tunnel? (laughs) You do. (laughs) Let us know. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Sweet. We'll we'll check it out. Uh, Brian, speaking of Shadowfoot, uh, writes in, just listened to episode 502. You are correct, Armando, by the way. The John Wayne? It's the John Wayne, yeah. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Shadowfoot says, just listened to episode 502 regarding the letter from a listener. Your phone plans are overpriced. My last two iPhones both lasted four years each before becoming hand-me-downs for two more years. This including seeing one run over by multiple cars while waiting to safely retrieve it. How do you do this? I can't. Well, most of my phones are hand-me-downs. This is actually my first brand new phone. And even then it was new old stock. Oh, yeah. Um. I, I would imagine it wasn't studded but tire season when even, when oh, phone got ran that. over. <laughs> even so, like I still get maybe two years out of a phone before like the battery just won't hold a charge, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to crack open a phone to install a new battery because I know I won't be able to put that back together. When correctly. your battery dies, you you give me a call, Aaron. <laughs> we'll do it together. <laughs> okay. I just, I, have, I, knew, I just have people do I it. I honestly knew this was going to be your response, even though I went ahead and said it anyway. Fix all the things. Yeah, it's true, though. You're, you're right. There, We got a ton of e-waste. Like, just in general, we have we have so much e-waste we should get mac nurse david on and just do a fixing things that are old but not but not actually broken episode um yeah there's so many ways you can like bring things back from the dead i generally hesitate for endorsements but honestly if you've got something that is starting to go 
um, ifixit.com is by far the best resource I've found to bring pretty much any type of device back from the dead. Really? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, they have a tutorial for almost everything. Uh, like, so what is the longest you've had a smartphone? I'm going to say smartphone, smartphone because, you know. Uh, when did the, the iPhone 6 The old out? phones used to last forever. As I shake my Gen X fist into the air. I, I would say two to three years for mine. Yeah. Yeah. And, but it's a bummer because, uh, so I, I kept mine. I give them to my kids when I get an update. Um, but I, I had my daughter, I just gave her my old iPhone 8 because I got a new phone. But the 5SC that she had, which I love, which is my favorite oh, iPhone. Oh, yeah. Ever, the fives are nice. Uh, it, um, back when they made them the right size. Yes. Right. Exactly. Um, this giant thing. Verizon won't, won't activate those anymore. Oh, interesting. So even though they're, they can be fully functional working. Mm-hmm. I can't activate them on my on my carrier. So, mm. yeah, my current phone is five years old, uh, and it's uh, it is an iPhone six. I am hoping to get another five years out of it because I am not <laughs> like I'll I will I will put down good money on computers, but ad blockers on five phone, years on iPhone six. I don't think that's going to happen. Oh, I just you wait, just you wait, Henry Higgins. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to give it a try. So, well, here, here's my, my first part of my plan has already, uh, been put in play is that they had a recall on the battery. Right. And so I waited to the last week that the recall was in effect. And then I went and got a new battery. Okay. Uh, so I, I gained myself at least nine months of battery, uh, off of that recall. And, uh, <laughs> I'm hoping to get many more. <laughs> I keep it Way in Way to a... game the system. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this is great. Dave, okay, if you give me a start and an end date to a recall, <laughs> you know, guess when I'm going to bring the stuff in? Uh, yeah. I also keep it in a, like a pretty burly, uh, case. So like a lot of the thinner cases have gotten popular recently, but I've noticed that if you want your device to stick around, um, the extra bulk that a case provides is well worth the hassle, um, because I drop my phone a ton, and when I drop it, I don't have to worry about it going smash. I've been very lucky with my phones. Yeah, I've seen I, you recover pretty gracefully out of a couple. <laughs> <laughs> Where, like, I drop them and you you're just kind of wince. Well, yeah. And they're like, oh, look, it's fine. Well, I remember just when you broke your collarbone, you were going out to the bus stop, <laughs> and you were like, oops. <laughs> like, oh, oh, oh yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> do, do, do. Yep. Um, yeah. It's, it's uh, looking good. I've I've been very lucky. Mm-hmm. I, knock on wood, because as soon as I say that, I'm sure I'm gonna like go out and like it'll just be like a drop, like you know, an yep. inch or whatever, and then the the screen just spider webs. It just goes complete. Well, if your screen spider webs, <laughs> I fix let it me know. <laughs> yeah, I I can fix that. <laughs> uh, uh, so can you. The the I think the biggest thing that uh, brought me to or that I thought of uh, in regards to our original email about or the original writing about the phone costs and the original or the writing of brian is that uh sometimes you get kind of like locked in to prices depending on locality so uh what i'm thinking of is like eastern oregon for example uh where my dad is at he is can't exactly do the wi-fi phone trick with well you can do it but you know only where there's wi-fi right um so in his instance he still has a landline and he's finally going cell phone for 2020. Wow. Um, yeah, he's a holdout. <laughs> Kudos, he's, he's, man. He's Hats the, off to your dad. He's the ultimate device retro grouch. Um, <laughs> yeah. Remember when phones had cords that attached to them? 
I remember. Um, so yeah, he's getting a cell phone, but he, because of uh, where he lives, is only able to take advantage of about three plans, uh, two of which are very low quality in terms of a coverage standpoint and mm-hmm. one which costs out the nose compared to anything he was paying previously. Because they know they gotcha. Yeah, that's that's who's got the coverage. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ends with Eisen. I won't say who. Um but yeah, I mean, depending on where you're at, your your options can be limited. Like there's local coverage um, kind of constraints. So I would imagine um, there can be a pretty good variance in the, the average price that people might see based on what's available and where they live. But for anybody that is looking to string along an older device, uh, I, I, sh- I don't want to be tech support for all of you, but if you get stuck, just send me an email <laughs> and I will try to point you in the right direction. I, I honest. It really is uh, just a tiny bit scary at first, but then super fulfilling and rewarding to repair older devices. Take it from me. I will take it from you. All right. And I will take it to you. Sounds good. <laughs> well, I'll, 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 uh, I'll help you out. <laughs> uh, shall we bow out? Yeah. The Sprocket Podcast is produced at X-Ray Studios thanks to the generous support of... Our Patreon supporters and listeners. Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Email. Wait, to wait, the... wait, 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 wait. Let's cut, 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 cut. Armando. Yes. Is there a style in which we should read our credits? Oh, other than the way you normally do it? Yeah. I don't think so. Okay. Armando has spoken. I, I did at least need to solicit. It's good that Aaron paused because you know who we need to thank for hanging out with us for the last two hours? Armando. Ooh. Oh, yeah, hey. that guy. Thank I thought you. I was going to come in here. Thank you so much. <laughs> it is always a pleasure to see you and have you on the okay. show. I'm glad you guys always think of me. I, oh, yeah. I hope we haven't bored you too oh, much. Oh, no way. Okay. I'm, I'm, totally, I'm totally happy to be here anytime. Well, thank, thank you so much. And we look forward to bumping into you at Bike Loud events and Pedal Palooza events and all that jazz. Oh, and real uh, quick. On the show. How many people future? are on your lads 500 team this year i don't, I don't have a team yet no I way mean, i know i'm going but i haven't done any formal organization or anything and yet you still end up with the biggest team at the only because the place. that way i get to socialize more ah. <laughs> he's got it figured out that is the hardest part of, yeah. of the lads 500 is counting laps and socializing oh gosh, at counting the same laps time. is the worst mm-hmm. get your right in the rain notebook you might just need it <laughs> ah screw it we'll just toss 25 on it's funny because it's true (laughs) (laughs) has nothing to do with well yeah that hey lads 500 is lads 500 (laughs) i can say that now because i've actually done it once (laughs) all right here we go the sprocket podcast is produced at x-ray studios thanks to the generous support of our patreon supporters and listeners our website is the sprocketpodcast.com email to the sprocketpodcast at gmail.com call or text to 503-847-9774 twitter and the instagrams at sprocket podcast thanks to ryan j lane for our theme music Hurtbird for our headlines sounder marcus norman for graphic design and thanks to our sustaining donors shadowfoot thanks for writing wayne Yay. Eric Iverson, Cameron Lean, Richard Wazinski, Tim Mooney, Glenn Kubish, Matt Kelly, Eric Weitz, Todd Parker, Dan Gebhardt, who's a time, time traveler. traveler, Dave Knows, Chris Smith, thanks for writing, and we'll Yay. see you soon, Caleb Jenkinson, J.P. Cooley, Peanut Butter Jar Matt, Marco Lowe, Rich Otterstrom, Andrew in Colorado, Drew the Welder, Anna, I'll be home soon, 
Andre Johnson, King of Division, Richard G. Guthrie Like Straw, that's me. Aaron Green, we author of We Were Like Sons and founder of the Regranary. Campsite, Macnurse David, Nathan Poulton. Rory in Michigan, Michael Flornoy. Jeremy Kitchen, David Belay, Tim Coleman. Harry Hugel, EJ Finneran, Brad Hipwell. Thomas Gato, Keith Hutchinson, Ranger Tom. Joyce Wilson, Brian Tam. Jason Oftenberg, Microcosm Publishing, David Moore. Todd Grosbeck, Chris Barron. Chris, Chris Barron. Barron. Chris Barron. Sean Baird, Simon, Gregory Braithwaite. Ryan Morrow, Dude Luna. Matthew Rooks. Marshall, Paula at Funataki Cyclecraft. Philip M. Spartandale, no relation. Mr. T, who never really left. Bike Initiative, Kiwana, Sarah G. Adam D, go dig a hole. Beth Hammond. Greg Murphy, Mayra Martinez, also. Isaac M, our newest donor. David C, for the generous support. Thank and you. And all of our former donors who helped us get this far. Now brush your teeth. And go to bed. <laughs>